Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. This is Bullhagen. This is Vicar. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. How's it going? You know what? I'm still a little... I'm st- still pretty excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. No, it's back. No, not anymore. <laughs> What's wrong? No, <laughs> I see. Yeah, it's going to be like that. It is going to be like that. Okay. Yeah. By the way, um, I want to apologize to the listeners. Uh, if anyone took Vickers' picks... Uh, for the <laughs> Eastern and Western Conference oh. uh, championships, not going so well. Yeah, you picked uh, the Lakers, I, I believe, did. in six. I think I even said five. Okay. I was pretty five. enthusiastic about that because they lost in four. Well, that was the that was my second pick. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And uh, the Celtics, uh, you picked them. I did. They're I... down three oh oh three, so they mm. might get swept too. Yeah, I picked okay. Celtics five uh, oh. I think. Yeah, I think I said six on them, but see if you had listened to me, you would have known that the the Miami Heat have a distinct coaching advantage. Right. That you just flew right by that. Well, maybe. yeah, but the Celtics have the players, you know. Our uh, associate producer Hannah said that uh, her uh, daughter loved this episode, last episode, oh. for some reason. Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> yeah, for yeah. some reason, just some mysterious reason. You're bringing the energy today, aren't you, Vicar? Oh, yeah. It's all on me. <laughs> yep, here I am. You want to drive the show? <laughs> what, do you, what, do you got to, what do you got to drink there? Uh, I brought Diet Squirt. I mean, if that doesn't scream energy and driving a show, I don't know what does. Diet Squirt. <laughs> yeah. This, I got uh, the, the little Coke. Little Coke, yeah. You got anything there, Pete? Ice, ice cold water for me. Oh, man. No, no, I got to have the artificial and the chemicals. That's that's the way I roll. All right. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> Man, all right. <laughs> you got a cookie there, Pete? Eating a little cookie? I do. I do have some cookies, yeah. Oh. See, that means you should have been in the studio with us. <laughs> I haven't had dinner yet, so. Okay. So, uh, Vicar, yeah. what are you preaching on? It is the day of Pentecost. So I will be preaching on the second chapter of Acts, which is particularly exciting for me. All right. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, every chance I get, I was raised as a Pentecostal. So it's kind of, uh, it's great to be able to preach on the second chapter of Acts from a Lutheran perspective and and what it was about. And so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of like your... Let's go, let's go! <laughs> it's my let's go. That's right. <laughs> Only that was intelligible, you know, so I'm not sure that... That applies. <laughs> uh, what? You just insulted a five-year-old girl? No, 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 no. I'm saying that my experience in the past on Pentecost, oh, okay. about Pentecost, I was thought you were that. talking about her. Let's go, let's oh. go. She's saying, no. let's go, let's go. She is. That's absolutely intelligible, which is not what they were training us to do when we were about that age in the Pentecostal church. So, 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 uh, so you did a little work, right? Yep. yep. And uh, you're kind of talking about... Um, I haven't seen the second half of your sermon yet. No, you have not. You've seen the first. How'd that half. go, by the way? Uh, pretty well. I'm. Uh, I now know for sure that I will have too much and have to cut something. I'm well into the fifth page and I haven't got to the end yet. And so tomorrow I'll finish it up and then I'll 
then I'll do what I usually do, which is to uh, cut it down as I take it from a handwritten manuscript and put it into a word processor. I could do that too, real quick. Whoosh. Yeah, that's right. Take this out. <laughs> do you really need, if you didn't have this page, what are you missing? <laughs> oh, I I know, I, I love context. And what happens is I use too much of it in my first draft and I'm telling the backstory. I've probably got too much in there about what exactly is the, the Pentecost and you know, and, and the, the the feast, the festival of weeks, and 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 what the what the Jews were doing on that festival, but it does provide some interesting background to to the phenomenon of languages that we read about, because of course, uh, on that day of Pentecost, there were all kinds of people from all over the the civilized world in Jerusalem for that day, and they were speaking at least fifteen different languages. If they're mentioned right there in the second chapter that were being spoken. But when you find out the type of problems that these folks that didn't speak Hebrew were having at the temple, it makes it that much more interesting. So right now, that isn't in my sermon manuscript. It might not fit and get cut back out. But I talk about how like the Hebrew had kind of become a liturgical, uh, archaic language by that point. And there were many, many people, including Jews uh, that lived nearby, that didn't speak Hebrew anymore. And they would go to the temple for these festivals, including Pentecost or the Festival of Weeks, and they would be talking to a priest or uh, participating in a liturgical rite in which was performed in Hebrew. And they may not be able to understand what was going on, and so they would have this awkwardness, perhaps, of having to say back to the priest what he was saying to them, just the sounds and the syllables, and not necessarily knowing what they were saying. Um, It reminds me, uh, I had that moment with my father. I remember uh, back in my younger days, my father... uh, had a father-son moment. He took me out to see a white men can't jump. Yeah. <laughs> and we get out of the movie and, and my dad says, I didn't understand a single word that was said that entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> was that altogether because of a generation gap or was it partly like Well, it was hearing? really fast. Yeah. It was very urban. Okay. Like Chicago people. <laughs> <laughs> it was California. I was like, okay, but it was still fast. I guess we do talk fast. And there was there. a lot of noise. It was hard to, and uh, it was a movie where they tried to be really cool. Okay. So every euphemism or joke or cultural and, context, right. you know, right. right? Where where uh where they tried to make it where if you didn't understand it, you you didn't say anything because if you were cool, you understand what was going on. Uh. Okay, so they could have just made up slang on the spot. You'd have to just roll with it to be cool. <laughs> sort of. Okay. I mean, I did see the movie, but you were talking... I don't remember when it came out. It was a long time ago. I remember seeing it. Uh, Wesley Snipes and uh, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, I remember that. But yeah, that's, uh, I don't know how I ended up in a movie like that, because it's a sports movie, which is not really my thing, I suppose. But I am a white man, so maybe that's how I ended up seeing it. Can you it. jump? And I cannot jump, so maybe it oh. just resonated. It's like, oh, this might relate to me. No. <laughs> well, I used to be able to jump, you know. I was state champion here in Iowa for oh. long jump, second place in high jump. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to finish that story? Uh, no, it was nobody. Oh, well, okay, so there was Iowa games. They had like a track and field meet. Okay. And uh they had a category 35 and up and I had just third 35. Oh, okay. And uh I hadn't done high jump since for a long long time. <laughs> or, or long jump or shot put. I've never done shot put before. Yeah. And the 100 meter dash didn't do so well in the 100 meter dash, but I got second place in the high jump. Wow. First place in the long jump and first place in the shot put. <laughs> How was your form on the shot put? Uh, not good because I didn't bring the right shoes. So I did it shot put barefoot oh. and still won. 
that's pretty kind of neat though it makes a good story yeah and the, the long jump you know they get like five tries and they take the longest one okay well because i was doing high jump and shot put i got to the long jump pit after most everyone had gone and i okay. took one jump and it beat everyone <laughs> so you just stopped so i stopped yeah <laughs> the important thing is that i beat everybody not that's that right i do my personal best <laughs> yeah it took nine seconds of work there you go Got a fake medal and everything. Wow. I'm just wondering. I just, I've got to ask, were there comp competitors? I mean, were there, how many people were you against? It's, it's, it's one thing to say you took first place and there were two guys, but like it's. Okay. So uh, one guy, like in the high jump, two of the guys that uh, I competed against, I know were, had been all Americans in college. Okay. So you had real competition. But okay. they were not young. <laughs> oh, yeah, we were all 35. <laughs> yeah, because it was it was 35 to 39 age group. Oh, was it? So within four years. Oh, okay. That's practically nothing, four years. You know, I mean, like me and you were practically the same age, right? Right. Because... Should I do that this year? What, should I win some more medals? <laughs> yeah. Do they got a category for people that old? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think they have a 50 to 59. Okay. Well, then. I'd mop the floor with those old guys. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Oh yeah. Yeah, even I remember, Peter probably remembers because the 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 kids you you made yourself t-shirts, go dad or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but I do. Yeah, we were there. My high jump forward was horrible. It, I agree. <laughs> like the guy who won just looked like he melted over the bar. Okay. Just, you know, you, he just got like he jumped what exactly what he was physically capable of hmm. and i jumped over the bar like i was sitting in a chair it was just <laughs> <laughs> like somebody had thrown you over the bar strapped to a chair or something yeah it kind of looked like uh i had been in an, uh, a lift chair okay and uh there was a power surge <laughs> like you'd been ejected from a jet plane or something right <laughs> that's pretty good but it was good enough for second place. So, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, we sh- you and I should do that. This now that you've been working out, right? Oh man, yeah. But I haven't gotten any taller by working out. And I'm not really, <laughs> not really the, the genetic material for games that involve jumping. Hey, yeah. Shot put though. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Hey, we'd be in the same age bracket by then. <laughs> You'd catch up with me all the way. <laughs> I'd better hurry before you're in my age bracket. <laughs> so what does that mean? I got to get it done today. <laughs> well, no, because. It happens in the summer. Oh, I'm too late. You will have caught up with me by then. <laughs> right on. So, all right. So, you're pre- and what was my sage advice today? Let's see. I said I needed to be able to um, exhort people with the sermon. If I get done and all I've managed to do is tell them what happened, the events of the day, then I've missed the target. And... You pointed out that, uh, <laughs> I mean, you said it in a kind of funny way, but I haven't moved past the funny way you said it. You said, what are what the people that listen to congregation, what's their excuse? They're hearing the word of God in their own language and the words that they understand all the time. So the reaction on the day of Pentecost for these all these foreigners that, uh, that were in town, uh, they finally hear the gospel in their language for the first time, perhaps, mm-hmm. and, and then they repented and were baptized, and then they started following the teaching of the apostles and the breaking of the bread and gathering for prayers and, for, and basically for church services. And so, uh, so 
to the congregation, well, what's your excuse? You've been living and breathing the gospel in a language that you understand and words that you know for your whole life. So I probably won't say it quite like that. I'm working on it still. The point was, too, that when you're talking about Pentecost, you can get so carried away with the form of how it was done uh, that you forget actually of what was said and what was actually done. Yes. You You get so carried away with the speaking in the tongues, everyone hearing in their own language and all this stuff. That's great. What actually happened? Peter preached a law gospel sermon based on the prophet Joel about the death and resurrection of Christ, leading them to repentance and baptism, where they then dedicated themselves to the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the apostles' teaching, and to prayer. That's it. And those will be, uh, that will be featured in my sermon. You gave me permission to include text beyond the apercopal reading, which stops at 21 and doesn't feature Peter's exhortation, which, uh, but I will touch on that anyway. Uh, but yeah, but, but otherwise it's just, oh, look what happened without actually getting the point of it. Right. No, right. I, agree. I totally agree, obviously, with my Pentecostal background. I, I'm, I'm very familiar with people who are absolutely ecstatic and even enthusiastic about chapter two of the book of Acts, but not the sermon and not the, uh, not the um, sacraments. I mean, they're excited about the miracle. It's like, it's like this, okay? And every pastor who has done a wedding will nod their head in agreement. Okay. Okay. It's, it's kind of like what happens with a wedding. People uh, involved with a wedding get so preoccupied with the wedding service and how it all has to be a certain way mm-hmm. and uh, as though that was the important thing. <laughs> right? Right. What's the important thing? They're getting married. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So so they come to the church. Well, we want to really focus on this, this ceremony. Hmm. And and the pastor's like, why don't we focus in about being married? Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? We've brought our Shrek 2 CD with some music we want to play for our wedding. <laughs> right. Because a, a lot of times the pastor bring up a, a spirit, very important spiritual issue. And the response is, so could we have this song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. We wrote our um, own vows. <laughs> Here you go. Here's a copy of them. <laughs> and 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 every any pastor who's done a wedding right now is nodding their head. Mm. But that's how how this text is often is looked at. It's all about the stuff around it, right? Not actually what happened, right. what was said, what was done, what was the response, right? Yeah, you said it was the form rather than the message that people get stuck on, especially the Pentecostals, but other others too. So to be a true Pentecostal, what are you going to do? Preach the scripture, law, gospel, point to the death and resurrection of Jesus, convict right. people of their sins, and, and point them to Jesus, the son of David. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> what shall we do? Be baptized? Repent? Huh? Yeah. No, you don't understand. There was a mighty rushing wind and a fire, and there was ecstatic utterances. That's the important thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Well... I'll, I'll let you take part of the mighty rushing wind this week. <laughs> right on. And I'll bring the fire. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring the fire. Oops. Let's go. Let's go. See, he, he pointed at it. He I, wanted I, it. I did. I said, oh, it's I a let's go. He's like, this needs a let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we got to do it. <laughs> See? See, last week you're like, what is going on? See yeah, now? Yeah, that's right. I've been I'm in your head, man. <laughs> I'm in your head. It's a viral thing. <laughs> so then, Vicar, uh, another thing that you can talk about with this is, I think I might have preached this once, 
before is uh, uh, we don't know if often um, talk about that G- that the Holy Spirit is actually God. Okay, yeah. And a he and right. not an it. I mean, because uh, uh, we, we talk about all the time how obviously the Father is God. We talk about how the importance of the deity of Christ, yes, right? Yes, we do. And then, oh, yeah, there's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, right. Also ran. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. I agree. He gets short shrift at times. I, I mean, he's definitely, I guess, hopefully I don't choose the wrong words here. He seems to be the more mysterious of the three, but uh, certainly present at creation, uh, immediately mentioned with the waters of creation. So we see the strong connection between the Holy Spirit and the water um, and the word, of course. So see, to me, the Holy Spirit isn't mysterious. Okay. How so? Because... The fact that you have faith is, yeah, it's like like saying uh, the God the Father is mysterious because uh, as you uh, you see everything He made, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is mysterious. The fact that we have faith, the fact that there's a people gathering around the Word of God, like He is the the, the reason and the power behind all of that. Hmm. Okay. And so the fact that we're even gathering together on Sunday morning, the fact that Christ speaks His words and people hear it. And receive it, that they're changed from death to life, is the whole work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but I suppose, I mean, I, I know you're right. I just want to say that we have like an analog, which I know are dangerous, of fathers and sons, right? We we kind of get those at a, at a real visceral level because of those are featured so strongly within our families. Uh, but a Holy Spirit which you're right, the evidence for the Holy Spirit is undeniable. What you just described, of course, he's undeniable. But you don't get that same, like, uh, analog, I guess. I'm probably treading on dangerous territory here, but... Oh, I think you mean digital, ones and zeros. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> I know that, like, we cannot make metaphors for the Trinity because as soon as you do, you're wrong, and, and that's, I fully understand that. Um, but, the, but the you know, the Father is revealed as a Father, and the Son is revealed as a Son, and the Holy Spirit, well, as a Spirit. And so we just don't quite have the same mental connection. I don't know the words I'm looking for exactly, but so I stick by my phrase earlier that I think the Holy Spirit is just a bit more mysterious than the Father and the Son. So the Holy Spirit is the one that works in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. So that's my take on him. Is the and and if you do a poll to ask people like, well, what is the Holy Spirit? I mean, you'll get a lot of Christians claiming that he's kind of a force or an it. You know? Right. I mean, that's not the Holy Spirit's fault. No, no, it's not. He teaches the truth, points us to Christ. But right, the Spirit of Truth. You have the truth. You have the Spirit. Right. Absolutely. All right. Maybe the teaching's been bad about him. I mean, granted, from where I'm from, I know the teaching can be really bad about what the Holy Spirit is and what he does. Right. Well, they would say that they're they they have a clear understanding of the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, but they'd also say it's mysterious. Well, right, and they they would also say that you don't really have the Holy Spirit by just being a Christian. That you need to have the evidence of the um, of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the evidence by speaking in tongues, which they don't mean what we read about in Second Chapter. So I have, of Acts. I have a question. Okay. So, what was when you were Pentecostal? Okay. What was your salvation story that you used? Well, that's a good question. I I would tell about the nurse that worked at a podiatrist office down the road when I was in kindergarten that would tell the little kids about Jesus, 
give us cookies and Kool-Aid and it would invite, and then we would pray to invite Jesus into our hearts with her, this lady, this little office down the road from where I lived when I was a little kid. So I thought maybe that had been my salvation moment. And then later I remembered a couple other times, like giving then you realized, to Jesus. oh, they were just good cookies, right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, my, my mom was raised as a Christian, but I have to admit that at that point in my life, she wasn't really living as one. Uh, uh, and we were no longer with my father by that point in my life uh, as a five-year-old. But at any rate, we, uh, so I wasn't really sure because I was so uncertain as a child that I, I remember distinctly that every time I had an opportunity to give my heart to Jesus, because they'd invite me to do so, I would do it. And that happened at least three times. Um, so I guess that's what I figured was when I had decided to become a Christian was uh, at these Sunday school opportunities to give my heart to Jesus in which I did. <laughs> so that's what I told myself. Okay. Did you ever have to tell that story? When were you saved, Brother Patrick? Oh, I think I avoided the topic because at our church, there would be times to, where people could give a personal testimony kind of reserved during our non-liturgical services. And everybody, you know, a lot of the cool guys would have some interesting story and they'd have tattoos and they used to be a biker and a drug, drug dealer or whatever, an addict or an alcoholic. And they would tell some interesting story about how they were saved from all that. And then, you know, my story was so lame that I just I wouldn't volunteer to tell mine. Right. You have the one guy who was uh, on his break at, from Payless Shoes and... Yeah. <laughs> he saw a saw a bumper sticker. Yeah, yeah. You even had the occasional one that like watched a Billy Graham crusade or something. I mean, I don't want to downplay like the the way the Holy Spirit can can get somebody's attention through the Word of God spoken, even through media. But uh, so I don't want to downplay that. But it's but their stories were interesting compared to mine. So I didn't spend much time trying to tell people when I got well, saved. I have a question too. Here's my thing. Okay. How many of those conversion stories did you actually believe? Is it, or how much of it do you feel were kind of like fish stories, um, or like Iowa game stories that just get more epic as time goes on? I think the ones that bother me bothered me even then was the the deathbed confessions that we would hear about, where somebody had been like, say, the the spouse or something of a of a church attending person that had no evidence of faith or belief in Jesus whatsoever, and then they would pass away, and there would be the story that yeah, but on their deathbed. I mean, I hope it's true. I do. I really do. But I would, I would feel nervous about those because, I mean, in the Pentecostal church, you're not taught to look to external things for your salvation. But how do I know what a guy felt like on the inside if that's the standard we were supposedly using was that you felt saved or you had an experience, you know? It's like, right. I don't know then. Um, so I don't know. It's, it was a mixed bag, I guess. I, didn't, I couldn't have articulated anything about when somebody was saved. I guess I, mm-hmm. I probably thought it was with the decision. But you've, you've seen kind of some deathbed-type confession things going on oh, yeah. in your time as a vicar, which has been kind of cool. It has been cool. Uh, that was a great moment where uh, we were able to see God pull somebody from certain death, uh, eternal death, snatched from Satan's clutches at the last. And that was that was a fantastic experience. I'm very happy to see that. Of course I was. All right. Uh, we, we didn't actually read this. I'm not saying we have to, but it is pretty long for that matter. So maybe we've talked I think most about people it. know the story. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So if 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 they someone wants to pause and read it, where would they find it, Vicar? Ah, the reading is in Acts chapter two, verses one through twenty-one. But, but I, I referenced all the way to what forty-two, 42 right? Yeah. So I'll be hitting up later in the chapter, and uh, so yeah. So I guess you have our permission to look later in the chapter. What? <laughs> yes, because everyone in the podcast listening, oh. Oh, good. We have uh, vicars. <laughs> yeah, on the authority of the vicar. That's that's pretty lightweight, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> All right. So, 
I do have. You, you peaked again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Now, I'm glad you did that, Vicar, because that's going to be on our next episode for Let's Go. <laughs> you got that, Pete? Can you isolate that? Mark and run down. What did Vicar say that? <laughs> let's go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm always looking for that opportunity, Victor. I see. All right. I got a top 12 list. <laughs> Peter, play the intro. <laughs> Enough <laughs> nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. Did you fall asleep? Yes. I just. You put me on the spot, like literally. You're, you, you suddenly stop talking, you're pointing at me, and my mind just races for like, oh, which is the thing we do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if uh, if you remember last episode, we did uh, Let's Go in the Gospels. Yeah, that right? was great. Yeah. So I don't mean to put you on the spot, but <laughs> but uh, uh, so do you remember the gist of that, that top 12 list? What we Because Berg and I had a discussion. Mm-hmm. He didn't understand why you said let's go after something. Right. Right. And, and I explained that, well, yeah, after something – but that is impetus to, to push further. Right. It was a it was a stepping stone, not the final victory. Right. Something like that. Right. So uh, some you remember some of the examples I gave? There was John the Baptist. Like, oh yeah. Left in his mother's womb. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Jesus command go and make disciples. Oh yeah, that's the perfect one. It actually features the the go. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring the go. The go. <laughs> I'm thinking of the little ones that we teach the memory verse to, and we put our fist forward, like pointing towards the horizon. Like go, a superhero. Ye, therefore, like a hero. Yeah. Hey, I'm excited about that. Yeah. Great program coming up. By the time you listen to this, we'll have had it because it's on Thursday. All right. So, uh, this is top 12 let's goes from the book of Genesis. All right. I was going to do Old Testament, like, there's too much. There's. In fact, I had trouble narrowing it down just for Genesis. Genesis is such a full book, though. I mean, there's so much in it. So I, I could see how that'd be hard to narrow it down. So these are let's go moments where something amazing happens, but then it means, all right, let's push forward. All right, time to continue with that excitement and momentum. Number 12. The book of Genesis begins with a quite a large let's go. <laughs> right? It does. Let there be light. That's a big one. <laughs> right. And I like it because it's um, let. It's kind of the it's kind of the cohortative. I don't think there's actually a cohortative right there, but but soon it's let's make man in our own, in our own image and so forth. So the let's, but it's there kind of the let there be light. So I could have had the various parts of the creation, but I have for my first let's go the seventh day. Oh, <laughs> all right. So well, how so? Well, First of all, there's a let's go. Something just amazing happened. God created the heavens and the earth and everything that lives. Right. Right? That's amazing. And so the response is, let's go. And what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. He rested. So, you know, when you think of remembering the Sabbath day, that is a commandment that goes back to the very seventh day. Yeah. Which is, uh, not only did God create the world, then he also created the world to, and us, made in his image... Uh, to rest in him. Hmm. 
And so the mere fact that we have been created and sustained by God is a reason to let's go, let's go to church. <laughs> let's go, let's go to church. We that's a that's a good spin on that. Number eleven, uh, God's destruction of Sodom. <laughs> wow. Okay. Is it because let's go, let's go, and also destroy Gomorrah? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay, I didn't think so. Because Lot's wife didn't. Oh yes, <laughs> she lost her momentum. Right. She uh, desired. <laughs> let's the, go. The let's go. I want to see it first. <laughs> you need. She turned to pillar of salt. There you go. Yeah. So that's why I had is that like. Literally, yeah. God was judging, and God said, you better go. Let's go, let's go. It's interesting because God was so patient with that family. They were so reluctant to leave their city. You know, the angels ended up kind of dragging them out, finally, because they, as I recall, because they, do I have to look it up? You're looking at me skeptically like I might be misremembering, but. No, I was thinking about it. I just zoned out for a second. Say it again. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> you were not listening. That makes more sense. Okay, that explains it. <laughs> Peter but, knows that look, by the way. He knows like, okay, and you lost him. Okay. Well, they didn't want to leave. They were, they were trying to get the angels to stay, if anything. They didn't right. want to leave their city, and they had to be kind of dragged forcefully out. And, of course, Lot's wife, one, one even more reluctant, I guess I'll say it. One further layer towards staying because she looks back. She wants to go back. Which is, is you just talked about Pentecost, right? Okay. Yeah, I did, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I think there's application there. Uh, the the hearers heard God's word. They repented of their sin. Right. And don't you think there's a desire of many to, <laughs> to go back? Look back. Look back and fond of remembrance of their sins that they were right. behind. Yeah. That's where their heart. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. That's why we have to let's go, let's go to church because <laughs> yeah, otherwise it's really easy to go back to your son because you're you have no accountability and you have no support. Number two. God calls Abram. Hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> leave your the leave the place that you know and the family that you grew right? up. Right. And you'll have a son? Oh. Yeah. Right? I don't remember if that's in the first promise. When he tells him to leave ah. and go to Canaan, is that in the first? I mean, it could be. I'm just I'm just trying to remember. Uh, Genesis 12. Genesis 12. Let's look that up real quick. I might have put things together in my head. Well, that's okay. I mean, that's a pretty good place to put things together, you know, if you get it right. All right. Genesis 12. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So there is, he's going to have... Yeah, it's, it's strongly implied, right? Because like, right. you can't have a descendant of any kind if you don't start right. with a son. Right. So. Fair enough, you got it. So uh, God calls Abraham, let's... Go! Right. <laughs> twice. <laughs> Vicar. Uh, just edit it and make me have said it twice. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The, 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 that goes around. I'll, I'll uh, swap it so this follows your train of thought. Okay. Number nine. All right. God created Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> that's a let's go moment. <laughs> Maybe that was the original gospel. Thicker. 
Bicker. Well, Doctor Scare said that uh, the original the gospel was finding out as a Gentile that you didn't have to be you didn't have to be circumcised. <laughs> that was the good news. <laughs> Uh, okay. So yes, number nine is be fruitful and multiply. That's a good one. You know, being created by God. Uh, well, first we remember the seventh day. Now we remember the multiply. <laughs> it's very numeric. <laughs> number eight. Isaac blesses Jacob. Okay. Out of having been deceived into doing so. And what did what did Jacob immediately have to do? Oh, yeah. He had to flee for his life because... Esau was after him. Esau was after him. And yeah, I was I taught that to my confirmation students and pointed out that like they got what they wanted, right? They they used sin to get what they wanted and look at all the damage it caused. A broken family. It's not clear and probably the answer is that he did not ever see his mother again. So they loved each other so much that they conspired together to defraud the father and, and cause this horrible break in the family. And once they got what they wanted... There was a lot of damage, a lot of damage. Yep. But he had to go, and yet he God blessed go. him, right? <laughs> Angels ascending and descending as he's running away with his sleeping with his head on the rock. Yeah, that is an interesting thing. I think it also shows that you can't thwart God's will. Obviously, you cannot. Uh, man cannot. Number seven. I want to talk about Noah, right? And there could be a few there, right? It's starting to rain. Yeah. <laughs> Get in the ark right. now, and I will shut the door. <laughs> right? But I have here, um, uh, as part of that account, my let's go moment for number seven is Noah building an altar and God making a covenant. Yeah. Because uh, God um, here makes a promise, a covenant. He cuts a covenant with them. Right. And uh, never will he destroy the world in that manner. Right. And, uh, you know, you could easily equate this with a kind of a baptism, right? Yeah. Uh, like the flood prayer. Right. I love the flood uh, the, the cleansing and God keeping safe in the ark of the church and God preserving Noah and his family and a continued promise. Right. Uh, that God, God made. Yeah, that one's more clearly a beginning mm-hmm. than a... An ending. God had done something awesome, and it means yeah. let's ah, go. Let's go. Let's go. Number six. Uh, Jacob wrestles with God. Hmm. Okay. He gets his hip joint put out of socket mm-hmm. and demands a blessing before he will let him go. Demands to know the man's name that's been wrestling him all night. Mm-hmm. And uh, clearly gets the blessing because of his persistence, I suppose. He wrestled with God. He wrestled with God. He asked for something good from the one who gives good gifts. And it's it's a let's go moment because uh, the people would continue to wrestle with God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, um, and uh, striven with God. And so, I guess the uh, what would you think? Say the let's go moment is in that. Do you want to find it? Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> Got to remember what chapter that's in. Here's a, it's on his way back. Is that correct? After he's been with his uncle Laban? Or is it on his way to his uncle Laban? I can't remember. I'm going to find it. There it is. Chapter 32. So it is on his way back from uncle Laban's house. There you go. 
Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. So he knew who he was talking to, who he was wrestling with and who he was talking to. Mm -hmm. He knew. Because otherwise he wouldn't have named the place that. (laughs) Right. And uh, uh, would you say this is, uh, uh, he wrestled with Christ, uh, pre-incarnate? I feel like it is the pre-incarnate Christ for sure. Uh, That's what I think. Uh, I mean, otherwise, how would he have kind of experienced him on such a physical level, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense? You know, What's kind of, because every every image of Jesus that you would see, you don't expect him to look like a wrestler. (laughs) Well, he did lose. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Came in second place. (laughs) Number five. Abel's sacrifice was accepted. (laughs) That's a, that, okay. And this will be interesting to hear you make this work because, uh, his let's go moment as we're exploring, uh, led directly to him being murdered by his brother almost very shortly thereafter. So I guess he let's go, let's go to heaven. Is that what you were going for? I was thinking of, uh, the sinful world's response to faith. The sinful, well, they, what was Cain's response? Well, he was, he took it personal. Right. That it was the other guy's fault that his wasn't good enough. And so he he placed blame elsewhere. So what I was going for is is a let's go aspect of, of uh, you know, we understand the difference between Abel and Cain's ultimately is one of faith. Right. And uh, Abel's sacrifice accepted in faith, Cain's right. not. And we know this because God, what did he tell Cain? Sin is... Knocking at your door? Crouching at Crouching your, door. your door, yeah. And so so I think with that in mind, going back to the Pentecost example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those Christians and every Christian, uh, when when the sinful world is confronted with their faith, they become hostile. Right. And so uh, in a, for us, being mindful of that, uh, we should— we. Uh, live our lives of faith in God's grace and mercy, we should expect to be thrown in that kind of let's go moment. Was what I was thinking when I picked that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, he did, I guess, you know, he, I could think of it kind of like he paid the earthly ultimate price uh, to do the right thing in the eyes of God. whether he knew that was going to happen, I don't know. And the, the let's go moment could also be for Cain, and that God was gracious with him. He called him to repentance, but I don't think he was having it. Well, he let him live. Well, he Put did. A mark, set a mark on him. But And then you see his response was like, oh, this punishment's too great. He didn't He didn't ask for forgiveness. It seems like he just carped and whined about how it wasn't fair still. You know? Yeah. So uh, he didn't He didn't really rise to it in a good way. Like he, But you're right. God had great mercy on him. and. Let him go. All right. Uh, if you want to find this one as I say it, because I think the context will be probably important for this one. Okay. Number four. Abraham blessed by Melchizedek. Ah, that's going to be a good one. Let's see. When does that happen? Before Isaac is born? I think so. Sorry. Genesis 14, verses starting at verse 17. After his return from the defeat of, oh, Kedor Lamor, 
And the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom, went out to meet him at the valley of Sheva, that is the king's valley, and Melchizedek, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted my hand to the Lord God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, that I would not take a thread or a sandal strap or anything that is yours, lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. Let Anur, Eskol, and Mamre take their share. And that part is so short, I actually could have stopped sooner. <laughs> yeah. So here, uh, uh, Moses, uh, or Moses, Abram had already now just rescued Lot. That's right. Was tired. Uh, and we have this guy, he just kind of almost appears out of nowhere. He does. Because you, you, you kind of get the feeling when God calls Abram old, he must be only the only guy around. Yeah. Yeah, you think that he's wasn't the true. only guy that still believes in, in, the, in God most high. But it's not true. It's not true. It reminds me a little bit of Elijah later on when he's convinced he's the last righteous man in all of Israel. And he, Hebrews remind us that Jesus is a priest in the order of? Melchizedek. Uh, the, the true king of righteousness. Yeah. Um, and interesting, Abraham ties, <laughs> gives him 10%. He does, yeah, that's interesting. And he seems to be a prophet, a priest, and a king. And it was at a, at a time when uh, when Abram really needed it. He was tired and mm, weary. Yeah. yeah. He didn't give from like a point of, oh, I've got all this extra stuff. He was just he, weary and everything else. Yeah, weary, old, hasn't had his son mm. yet, I don't believe. Uh, I don't think so. I think and so, right. yeah. And then he, and it's a let's go moment for him, right? It is. He's, he is sustained, renewed, yeah. and uh, God gave him this amazing moment to help restore him. Yeah. Not only, and, and so truly a let's go moment. There it is. Number three. Joseph reveals himself to his brothers. Oh, yeah. That's a fantastic. Part. Right. That's a let's go moment, huh? Oh, yeah. That one, you don't even have to like kind of look for it. It's there. Right, you know, they uh, sold him yeah. to slavery, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, I like how um, how Joseph says, you know, the brothers are afraid. Yeah, and he, you know, I'll, he says, I'll care for your little ones, you and your little ones. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I really like the reversal with Judah. It was the fourth born Judah's. It was his idea that eh, let's not just kill our brother and make no money off of him. Let's sell him as a slave, and it was his idea. And what happens all these years later, 14 years later, not as long as that, I think. Anyway, all these years later in Egypt, when he doesn't even know he's talking to his own brother and he's saying, no, 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 don't, don't torque with Benjamin, like take me instead. He's offering himself up to mm-hmm. protect the brother, not sell one into slavery, but saying, take me as a slave. Uh, and I think that's what finally broke Joseph and made him lose his poker faces. Here's Judah, the one that had sold him into slavery, uh, willing to go into slavery to protect a brother. So Judah had changed a lot. And, and uh, this amazing moment was one, an opportunity of God's grace and mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And forgiveness. Right. And I know they were scared, like, oh, maybe he's really going to hold it against us. And God meant it for good. Yes. That's what he tells them. God meant this for good. You can't thwart God's plan. <laughs> there you go. Number two. God provides the lamb of sacrifice. Oh, yeah. 
right? Yeah. Is, is there, how, how about that for a, a let's go moment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can uh, you imagine the relief? <laughs> Abraham him? reaches out his hand to slay his son. Yeah, and the angel of the Lord stops him. And, and the let's go, to this day it is said, on the mount of the Lord, it, the sacrifice, will be provided. Yeah, Jehovah Jireh, that was one way of pronouncing it. Through your offspring, all nations of the world will be blessed. Yeah. So, all pointing to Christ. That's right. So, the, the let's, God did something miraculous. And it uh, is a great let's go moment. It is. And number one. Any any guesses what number one is? Give me a second, because that might be fun to try to guess. Uh, mind blown. Peter's I, doing the mind sorry, blown. Sorry, I'm thinking. It's just there's so many good stories. How about something to do with okay. uh, Rachel, maybe? Okay. I want you to put your seminary cap on. <laughs> okay. I I know what it is, Vicar. Do you really? You okay. can get it. You can get it. I believe in you. All right. Going to try. Hey, turn away. I want to see if Peter knows. Oh yeah, I'm not looking. Yep, he's got it. He's right. Ah. Now all the pressure. Ah. Oh, goodness. It could be Okay, Tower e- of Babel. Every vicar <laughs> loves this. Yeah? Okay. Every vicar it's like his favorite passage. It probably could be the whole Old Testament. And I'm going to say it, and you're going to be mad. I'm going to be mad. I didn't think of it first. That's probably right. Well, we got the patriarchs, and we have we have Noah. We have Enoch and things like that. We have Is it kicking Adam and Eve out of the garden or something? Get out of here. Oh, come on. Yeah, the every seminarian, every vicar just loves, loves when God kicks him out of the garden. <laughs> What's funny about that is you are so close and so far at the same uh. time. Yeah. Should I give him what I what I gave you to show that I had it? Okay, he's shown me a hand signal, like palm muting his own fist with the other hand. Ah, yes, the crushing of the snake's head. Oh, That's it, Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15, 3.15, yes. Okay. Tell me, isn't that not one of the favorite? Of course it is, right, because it's like we get to that, when we're studying the books of Moses, we get to that verse, and then we kind of just stop the world for a moment. Right. And, in and fact, say, you almost in the when you're learning that in the seminary, it's almost like the basis. That's like, like how do I understand the Old Testament? Right. It's about that's like the first place to go. Is, it is. This it's is the, the gospel. Clear promise. So read it first of all. All right. God's talking to the serpent. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So explain, Vicar. <laughs> the, uh, a wound to the head is a mortal blow, mm-hmm. and this wound to the heel was something that would be recovered from. That's one. And there's going to be a seed, an offspring. An offspring, that's right. That uh, uh, A descendant. That will crush yeah. the head. God had provided a plan uh, to answer sin. Yeah, defeat it, yeah. Right. Will be defeated. Evil will not get the last say. And interesting, it was the a descendant from a woman, which I think is fantastic because then we read the virgin birth and it kind of clicks a little bit, right? Right. Why why did God give that specific to Eve? Well Yeah. Right? Because they didn't that wasn't normal language about seed for a woman. That was unusual to say it that way. And there was a reason because Jesus would come from a woman. Right. So cool. well, which then you see that then, for example, 
emphasized in the passage we talked about with uh, Abraham and Isaac. Through your seed, through your offspring, all nations of the world yeah, will be blessed. Yeah, so, that's right. So when you think of, well, how do I understand the whole Old Testament? Well, it starts really with the plan. How did God provide the lamb mm-hmm. for sacrifice? Where did he come from? God provided it. God himself will provide the lamb for sacrifice. And and that started, that theme started really with Genesis. Yeah. So that is the ultimate. Let's go. Let's go. Now, are you? do you understand why I expected that Peter got that? <laughs> you know, he's known you a lot longer than okay. I have. I'm gonna, that's, that's my excuse. And he's he's known a lot of the vicars too, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, we, <laughs> we hit that verse and the professor made a good job of stopping and kind of like Right. on the verse and the importance of it. I mean, we probably kind of knew it anyway, but sometimes it's it's okay. We want to hear it again. We want right. to hear the good and, news But it's again. the logo, man. It's the it logo. is in the logo, too, with the cross. It's like the, the Jerry the West of the Synod. <laughs> no one knows that what I'm talking about. I don't know. I laughed, though. <laughs> He's the, the NBA logo. They call uh, him the logo. Oh. Because you know who the... Yeah, I know the... I th- oh, wait. Do I? Maybe I don't. The, the, like, the guy kind of leaning over during the basketball. Oh, here's going to be put up uh, on our screen, I think. That's probably what I need. Got to, you know, okay, yeah, of course, I know that logo. That's right. The NBA logo, it's the blue on one side, red on the other, and a, and a white silhouette. You don't have to describe pad. it, Vicar. You're the only one that doesn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I heard there's like pastors and stuff that listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, I apologize, uh, Vicar or listener, to all the picks. If you used Vicar's expertise, oh, yeah. I, I just put money on the the Lakers, <laughs> on the Celtics. Doomed. No, I the picks I make is because I have heard of something. You know, like that's how it goes with me. So, but you know, it's the Celtics still have a chance. They just got to win four games in a row. Well, hey, if they can lose three in a row, maybe they can win four in a row. <laughs> <laughs> they could be. Yeah, I don't think you ought to bet that way, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how are we doing on time, Vic, uh, Peter? I'm getting tired. We're at about uh, basically an hour. Oh, that's good enough, isn't it? Yeah, good enough okay. if you want to. Carry water, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I think that's how you say it. Vicar, if they want to <laughs> shoot us a message or a question or something, where can they get a hold of us? Okay, if you wish to get a hold of the Clerical Errors podcast, we can be reached by email at... Feedback at clericalerrors.org. We're on Facebook by searching for Clerical Errors Podcast, and we have a handle on Twitter. Do we still? Is we still a spell Twitter thing? Oh, that's a good point. We probably don't have a check mark. Well, so we do have we do have Twitter, and that's not going to go away, but it's going to stop posting uh, when the episode comes out. Okay. All right. Because so, cause Peter's Mr. Automatic. He's everything... Automatic, yes. and it won't do it automatically anymore because they're getting. I don't of- wake up at five a.m., man. <laughs> so you can do it if you want. I'll get you the creds. <laughs> You're up at five a.m. usually, right? So uh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't need anything else on my to-do list. There you mm-hmm. go. All right. So are we saying that we shouldn't tell everybody? No, about we're still Twitter on Twitter. No, they can no, add we us. Still have Twitter. Add yeah, me, bro. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Clerical errors. P. That is P our- for podcast. Right, and that's our Twitter handle, and we have a Patreon and a store. Yeah, so yeah, we have Patreon and a store. You can yeah. still get some T-shirts, right? Yeah, the incredible, the incredible full jersey, the full jersey. Oh yeah, oh, that would be a great kit gift for the grandkids. Have you ever seen those before? Uh, I don't think I have. Are you going to bring it up on the screen or is no? Uh, yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm trying. I, no, that's have, okay. have we sold anything in the last eight months? 
I don't well, know. <laughs> we're supposed to send uh, Riley a T-shirt, I think. We should probably get on that before I'm Who's back. Riley? <laughs> the guy that <laughs> did the song, you know. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> my good friend who made fun of my singing voice. <laughs> so look at that jersey. Look at that. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, multiple colors. Now, people have bought, purchased the uh, the pants. We have kind of have received uh, mixed reviews on the pants. I think oh, yeah? the Berg riff on that shirt is probably might be our top seller. <laughs> That's pretty good. Nobody nobody wants the just him Christian church. I really like it, but nobody wants yeah, to buy it. That's pretty funny. All right. I'll I'll uh I'll maybe buy that when I'm fifty. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I've just I'm still wearing a uh I don't usually wear clothes that say things, and right now I've got one of those uh living. But they're generously. black. Look at how black they are, Vicar. You tempting. love black. I do. Got some cool black. stickers too. Got a mug? Yeah, that is got a mug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the pipe Vickers, glass is pretty we cool. We move a lot. We have to move all the time. I'm not trying to get more stuff right now. <laughs> I do actually have the uh, the stainless tumbler. Uh, it, okay. I have it. I have it saved because I actually. Got That's it right. Your set's a. You have yeah. one of the the collector's item with a misprint, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I think it is the misprint one. Yeah. Because we we printed one uh, as a test with uh, clerkial errors. Clerkial. <laughs> well, you got to keep that. Which is amazing, considering. We could, the whole point of it is we make some mistakes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it must have been almost tempting to keep it. <laughs> but the mug, the mug is really cool. I have a mug too. Let me see. Do I have the mug sitting here? I think I do. You know what? I should get one of those for Mrs. Vicker because her favorite one has got a giant chip in it right now. I don't think he's going to make the trip back to Fort Wayne with us. So she would like that. Look she, at that. Yeah, she would like that actually. <laughs> okay. I don't. Oh yeah, you're holding it. There it is. Yeah. 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 So uh, a great uh, gift for things like ordinations coming up. Graduations. Graduations. Uh, I think it would be great to, to, to give a new pastor or a new vicar a T-shirt. <laughs> there you go. Father's jersey. <laughs> so, all right. That is enough. Thanks for listening. I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And may your number one be 315. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.